This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The Denver Broncos officially begin their game prep against the Kansas City Chiefs here today at the Centura Health Training Center. We have an update on the Kareem Jackson suspension. Did it uphold it full or did it get reduced? Plus, on top of that, we also break down Sean Payton, who met with us a little bit earlier this week, and he talked about a wide variety of things, including why even after the team wins, he's unhappy. You're going to get all that action on today's brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to another installment of Good Morning Broncos, your daily bite-sized Broncos conversation that we always encourage you pour yourself a cup of coffee alongside with here every single weekday on Mile High Sports YouTube page, 9 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time. And for those of you that miss it, we always have it up on the Good Morning Broncos feed on part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for MHS here. And real quick, before we get into all the Broncos conversation, I want to encourage you after you watch GMB here today, make sure you go check out the Pickaxe and Roll podcast here on MHS's YouTube page. Ryan Blackburn, our Denver Nuggets beat reporter, broke down all the action from the Denver Nuggets season opening win last night against the Los Angeles Lakers. Nikola Jokic dropping a triple-double. Ryan Blackburn has you covered with all the pickaxe and roll information that you need. Make sure you check that out here as well. And on top of that, look, the Colorado Avalanche, they win again. It was a double victory Tuesday for the Denver Nuggets and for the Colorado Avalanche. Arif Dean has all the action on the Hockey Mountain High podcast, also the written content over the milehighsports.com. But with that said, Broncos country, good morning. It's a big week here for this team. Now coming off the hills of a win against the Green Bay Packers, everybody's trying to figure out. And look, there's a, a wide portion of the fan base that I've seen in my Twitter mentions, I've seen in the YouTube comments that have talked about, well, you know, the win against Green Bay was a bad thing. Folks, look, I I already shared my thoughts on this. I, I think if you're mad that the team won a game, then I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if sports are for you. But aside from that, Denver is at a very, very interesting inflection point here where, okay, hey, yes, you beat a Green Bay team that is young and that is also struggling themselves. But now you have a rematch, a highly anticipated rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, the Chiefs are coming off of a very, very big victory against the Los Angeles Chargers where they really just dominated everything there. They ran away from it. Patrick Mahomes had an efficient outing alongside Travis Kelsey. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a big game in the receiving game there. And more importantly, that Kansas City Chiefs defense is playing very tough right now. So it makes the optics of it a little bit more challenging in the eyes of the Denver Broncos. But this is a very, very important moment, I would say, here for this Broncos football team. And... Look, I, I know Denver's lost all you know 16 straight games to the Kansas City Chiefs. It could be going on 17 on Sunday, 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. supposed to be like 30-something degrees at kickoff, so it's going to be chilly, Broncos country, if you make it out there. But let's talk about the hypothetical here, right? What if the Broncos were able to win that game and going to the bye week at a juncture point where they're three and five versus we had anticipated after you know their losing streak and all the games that they were losing, we're like, oh man, you know, if they don't beat Green Bay, they're gonna be this. If they don't beat Kansas City, they're gonna be this. 
I mean, I think going to the buy at three and five is a lot better than going to the buy at one and seven. I think the optics are entirely different, right? Because in Denver, they get the bye week. They're getting guys back healthy, which has been a good sign for them. But then more importantly, going forward, like, yeah, the schedule on paper, it gets a little bit tougher. But this has been a wacky NFL season, folks, and stranger things have happened. You know, you look at where the Minnesota Vikings are. They just came off of a big victory against the San Francisco 49ers at home. Denver's in a situation where they're playing a juggernaut at home. Anything is possible. And obviously, the last time these two teams faced off, Denver, unfortunately, the offensive side could not put up any yards or production there. That Chiefs defense is pretty tough, as we had mentioned and outlined there. But the Broncos defense held their own against the Chiefs, holding Patrick Mahomes and them to only one touchdown score in that game, forcing them to settle for field goals. And if the offense were to play even complementary better, as we've seen so far, like through the first early parts of the season, and maybe even a little bit like we saw last week against Green Bay. If the Broncos offense would have played like that against Kansas City, we're talking about maybe an entirely different game on that Thursday night football. But it is what it is. That's not the realistic nature of you know where things are at. But I always think we have to look at what could be, right? And I think a lot of people have written the Broncos off, and rightfully so. There has not been a lot of reason or optimism to write them in. So don't I'm not trying to write them in at this point. I'm just saying, okay, hey. The optics of the season might be a little bit different if you go into the bye week at three and five. You open up on Monday Night Football. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are going to be a very, very tough team, but they're going through their own ups and downs right now as well in Buffalo. Obviously, losing to the Patriots this past week. They have a Thursday night game against the Buccaneers, and who knows where they're going to be at the inflection point when Denver matches up with them. So, Anything has happened, and look, we heard from Broncos head coach Sean Payton a little bit earlier this week on Monday in our conference call with him, and I think he made a very, very interesting point about where this team is at and what he wants to see from them, and he mentioned something to us that you know a lot of it has to do with flipping the switch and that they've got to be better with not giving the football away, and they got to be better with getting takeaways here. Here's Sean Payton's thoughts on flipping the switch. That fine line between being good or, or not being good is, is important to study, and and one of the things, <clears throat> I think in both those cases, but let's take Detroit, for instance, that flip, that, that change, if you will, really had a lot to do with takeaways and giveaways. And, and I think it's where ours has to start. You know, we were, we were good yesterday with no giveaways. We had the takeaway late in the game. Um, but it has to, because the other stuff you can do really well, and yet if you give it away, um, we can come in and look at the red zone, the third down stat lines. We can look at a lot of things that are positive, but if you give it away, um, it's like the one thing that can trump everything. So hopefully that can have the same type of effect as the pre-snap stuff. You know, when we, when we preach these things relative to what wins and loses. And look, I think he's got a great point. Like this is football and anyone who's ever played it, who's ever been around it, you understand that you can catch fire at certain moments. Right. And look, we have yet to see Denver, truly play like a complete game, right? We've seen this year that, okay, hey, the offense is good one game, and then while the offense is good that game, the defense is not that good. Special teams for Denver has been consistently good so far this season. They've had a couple of blunders here and there, but primarily Denver's special teams unit is one of the top-ranked units right now in all the National Football League, and shout-out to Mike Westhoff and Ben Kotwika for that, but Sean Payton himself is still searching for the perfect game, and to the point, and, and I can see this as well, but, you know, a, a part of me wants to just tell Sean, like, hey, you know, smell the roses, enjoy the moments, right? Because in the NFL, we know how hard it is for teams to be able to win. Super easy to lose, harder to win. 
Sean Payton shared a very, very interesting point. And it really kind of stemmed off of maybe, you know, how was his relationship with Vance Joseph? Because obviously in that second half against Green Bay, they had to burn two timeouts because they didn't have the right personnel in. A lot of that had to do with Kareem Jackson getting ejected and then them having to force PJ. And it, it shifted more than just PJ having to go out there. It impacted several personnel groups that cost them two timeouts, which Sean Payton was not very happy about. And so they were asked, you know, he was asked about his relationship with Vance. And then he just kind of talked about, he kind of went into this other like deep end of the pool talking about more along the lines, just why he's, you know, the team won, but he's just unhappy. So here's a little bit of insight from the Broncos head coach following Sunday's win. Uh, listen, I'm in, I'm in a great spot with him. You have to understand one thing about me and, and he won't be the only one. I was frustrated. And, you know, you don't want to use those timeouts. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to be pleased or not upset. You know, you want to play your perfect game and that was a good win for us. And yet I'm driving home last night, you know, heading to get sushi. I don't like sushi and finding myself like circling around the parking lot. Like, all right, why, why can't I be happy? Well, you're searching for that perfect game. And so um, I'm just that way. I'm, I'm sometimes, you know, I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeve, whether it's defense or offense. Um, and so we got caught with 10, obviously the injury to Kareem <clears throat> was one thing, but it also impacts kind of a goal line personnel grouping and we'll get that cleaned up, but, um, all good there. I'm with Sean Payton on that. I'm not much of a sushi guy. I don't like sushi, but you know, it's a good thing that he's a team player when it comes to his family. Sean, be a team player when it comes to the Broncos. And I think we saw a step in the right direction, obviously, with the combined run game with Samaje P. Ryan, Jaleel McLaughlin, Javante Williams, that trio right there, they contributed in a variety of different ways. When we talk about all-purpose yardage, the team had 145 yards on the ground against Green Bay. Going to have to try to run the football against Kansas City, which the last time these two teams played, Denver had 94 yards of offense in that first half there. 70 of those yards were on the ground. Stick with the run game. Now, obviously, I think a lot of it depends. Can you avoid Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense from getting up by multiple scores if that is the case? Like, if that does happen, then obviously you have to abandon the run game. Like, it's all about context and circumstance and the flow of the game here. But, you know, for Sean Payton to say, like, you know, circling the parking lot and, you know, we won a game. It's just like I'm unhappy. Like, I'm searching for that perfect game. Well, I'll be honest with you, Sean. I don't think I've ever seen in the NFL, I've never seen a team play a true perfect game to a T, right? So maybe just the team to play more consistent on offense, defense, and obviously special teams. It's very, very rare to get all three phases to sink in at the same time. So find happiness. Obviously, the team won. There's things to improve on, but that's the mindset that I would have there. And hopefully, Sean embraces that a little bit going forward here. And then, you know, I think another thing we need to talk about here about the Kansas City game is I remember going into that Thursday game, you know, it was a short week. We only had one access, one day of access to practice. And I think that was on that Tuesday leading up to that Thursday kickoff. And the thing that stood out to me is just, okay, hey, ideally you're just trying to limp into the week, right? Because you just played a physical game against the New York Jets. And then you have to make sure your guys are healthy going into that Chiefs game on a Thursday night turnaround. I mean, it's such a hard ask here for the NFL. And I think it's something that needs to change going forward. I mean, if we're going to be honest, if the NFL wants to talk about player safety and how they value it, get rid of Thursday night football or make it to where every team going into a Thursday night football matchup is coming off of a bye. I don't know. The NFL can find a way to do it. They're creative. They got a lot of money to be able to do that. But that's a little tangent for me. 
But on top of that, though, the dif- the difference is that now you have a whole entire week to prepare versus, you know, you have a couple of days following your game to try to get as much in your game plan. And as Sean Payton noted, too, after that Chiefs game on that Friday when we were on the conference call with him, he said he didn't like the game plan going into it. So for me, I'm just scratching my head. I'm like, Sean, if you don't like the game plan going into it, you're the head coach. That's on you to put the game plan together. So I'm very curious to maybe find out this week, what was it that you didn't like versus, you know, what did you like? And, and what do you think you can do? Because obviously the Broncos offense cannot come out and try to do the same exact things they did in that first matchup because the the Chiefs defense and the way that they played it, I mean, Denver would go trips to the left side, three receivers for those of you that don't know what trips is, three receivers to the left side. They would run Cortland vertical. They would run the number two receiver, whoever it was, whether it was Brandon Johnson or Jerry Judy, they'd run an out at maybe about like six to seven yards. And then the other receiver, number three, would extend vertical to try to run, you know, a corner route or another like a flood concept um, to that. And and the the way that the Chiefs played it defensively, the playing that hybrid zone, they didn't have any leverage. Like Denver's offense had no leverage to be able to complete anything in the passing game because of that. So I'm very curious to see how they adjust because it's sometimes you're seeing it where the Chiefs are cheating their defense to where their safety or their nickel defender is going to line up. He's going to line up outside of the number two receiver, or sometimes the number three receiver, because they know that those route concepts are all going outside anyway. So he's already there. Like he's where he needs to be to be able to get in phase. And I'm very curious to see how Sean Payton adjusts with that going forward here this week. But yes, obviously Denver's prepping for a rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs, a highly touted, anticipated rematch on their side of things. Not so sure Kansas City takes the Broncos seriously, but Denver's taking them seriously this week. They want to snap the streak. And look, they want to capture a little bit of momentum going into the bye week. And they've got some guys back healthy. Obviously, Baron Browning back in the mix. It's been a good sight to see DJ Jones healthy. He was not playing that first game against Kansas City, so he's going to be a welcome addition. And Denver made a little bit of a lineup change this past week against Green Bay. They went with Mike Purcell and DJ Jones and Zach Allen as their starting defensive line there. I like that move a ton. I think they get a lot of production out of that. And then obviously you have Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper, and now you're sprinkling Baron Browning right back into the mix there. So I'm excited about it. I think they have a lot of possibilities here, but let's get to some housekeeping notes before we sign off on today's episode of Good Morning Broncos. As we had talked about in yesterday's show, I, you knew me. I, I'm not very, I wasn't very happy about the NFL's decision to suspend Kareem Jackson for four games. There was a whole dialogue and conversation of negativity from people who just want to say that Kareem's a dirty player. Kareem's not. I don't know what I have to go through and, and say to do that. Kareem doesn't play with any ill intent. He plays to smack people because that's his job. In the NFL, unfortunately, you can't do that in today's game. So for me, I was frustrated about that. I said four games is way too much. Like Ideally, like okay, if you're going to suspend him, give him a one-game suspension. Well, he had his appeals. Like He appealed it, obviously, and, and he met with Derek Brooks, who's on that committee there. And Derek Brooks overturned it from four games and reduced it all the way to two games. So the Broncos will be without Kareem Jackson against Kansas City. They'll be without him against the Buffalo Bills on that Monday night football matchup. He will return the following week against the Minnesota Vikings. So two games, I guess, is better than four. But I'm still not happy about it as well. I mean, it's so tough because of how how defensive players have naturally played. And look, it's tough because now you're seeing defenders all across the NFL come out in support of Kareem Jackson and say, like, this is football. This is a football hit. Like, I, I love to see the support for Kareem in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, the NFL doesn't like big hits anymore. And, look, I understand that Kareem has had that hit against Logan Thomas. And people are going to try to say the hit against Jacoby Myers 
think anybody who's played football and has football logic and is not emotionally attached to it in the sense where they're like, oh, yeah, that's a bad, dirty hit. Like the Jacoby Myers one, you can see it's third and seven. He's got to get a stop on third down. Jacoby Myers catches the ball and then falls down. Like So Kareem Jackson has a strike point, right? And it's to be able to hit chest or lower. And so when a guy's going lower, then that's unfortunately what had happened there. But Kareem's not a dirty player. He's played the game at the right way for 14 years of his career. He's always been a hard-hitting guy. The rules are changing, and it's making making things difficult for a guy like him to play the way that he's always played. And so that that you know that's kind of my my thought process on it. It'll be good to have Kareem Jackson back. You know, it, once again, two games is better than four. So we'll just leave it at that there. But Broncos country, we're going to head out to the Centura Health Training Center here today for Broncos practices. They prep for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll recap maybe what we learned, and you'll get all that action on tomorrow's episode of GMB. Now, just a reminder, once again, hit that subscribe button here on Mile High Sports YouTube page where you can get all of our shows, uh, Hockey Mountain High with Eric Dean, on top of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast with Ryan Blackburn. We appreciate you so much for making Colorado sports a part of your daily routine. Go pour yourself another cup of coffee. This is Cody Rourke with Good Morning Broncos.